Good day. My name is Belinda Labatt. I'm the CEO and director of Lamico Metals. We are an explorer and developer of natural flake graphite in southern Quebec and lithium early stage exploration in northern Quebec. And we're looking to create a made in Canada solution to create a climate success story here in North America. Belinda, thank you very much for the introduction. Good to meet you, although I did see you very briefly um, at the PDAC last week or this week. Um, it's the back end of uh, the week of PDAC. Uh, I'm exhausted. Uh, how are you? I'm I'm doing good. I had a great uh Great PDAC, met so many people, but same, same as you, you know, it, there's um, just a lot going on. We had a full deck this year in terms of presentations and panel opportunities. And uh, that was uh, that was great because you can just touch on so many different aspects of the business. Funny because I'm, I typically work in the copper and the gold space. I'm an executive director of a, of a copper and gold exploration company. And so I was speaking to the copper and the gold community and there was a great deal of uncertainty about you know, what's going to happen to prices, um, particularly on gold. You know, when's the love going to come back for the sector? Everyone was feeling so beaten up. And, well, actually not just gold. You know, the copper companies are also uh, depressed in terms of stock prices and there wasn't a hugely buoyant mood despite there still being a kind of demand for projects from the majors the, the big guys are still looking for projects and I just wondered what's what's the mood in the in the in the graphite space and in the lithium space what did you take away from it I, I heard the same thing as you Merlin but I feel it's um it's specific to precious metals and uh, I mean, we have to face the fact that the functionality of gold, when you compare it to um, critical strategic minerals (CSMs), is vastly different. Um, there is an you know an absolute need and justification and an urgent uh, demand for strategic minerals in North America. And so, what we're seeing is a lot of questions being asked about. Um, our product in terms of how soon we can get it into production, how are we funded, what are the characteristics of our project, and there's just you know a limitless um, ability to feed into this new energy supply chain. So I think the mood for projects like ours was, I'd call it um, uh, a surge in interest, I'd call it buoyant, I'd call it, um, you know, very interested in both the long-term dynamics, but also what are the short-term catalysts that are going to get you there. And in that conversation, it's really talking about what are some of the barriers to developing uh, critical strategic minerals in North America. Um, thank you. Well, we will come back to the catalysts and we will come back to the barriers. But first of all, on the identity of the footfall, you know, um, you had a busy booth, but who who was who were you talking to? Was it investors? Was it um, retail? Um, were there any uh, manufacturers that you spoke to? We had um, a good mix of um, investors, a fair number of companies looking for the product uh, stop by. So that would be uh, battery manufacturers who want to speed up um, the conversations with us as well as potential funding partners, everything from 
uh, federal agencies that want to talk about, you know, new opportunities that are being developed to, to support companies like ours, to individuals from the United States that have a, while frankly, enormous budget. I think the latest number I saw was $440 billion will be invested by the United States Department of Defense in climate change uh, stories such as ours. So uh, a very nice balance and obviously also um, private equity and larger investors uh, and, and corporates that are looking at uh, developing a, you know, a vertical or a new path in critical strategic minerals. So you had all of that, all of these different kind of kinds of people at, at your booth or um, meetings on your dance card over the last four days. Yes. What an interesting um, mix. What, a, what a, an extraordinary um, array. Um, let me c- come then to the barriers because you're, you've, you're, you've got a small company. Um, you know, the market capitalization is quite low and yet you've got a kind of a production opportunity. How do you, how do you go from where you are today to where you want to be? You know, what are the, let's talk about those catalysts and barriers. Yeah, I mean, I think we should let, maybe I'll back up a moment and, and talk to you about why we're in Lamico and what, what the fantastic opportunity is for Lamico and others in Canada, which is that Canada is the only country in the Western Hemisphere that has exposure to all 31 critical minerals. So we are in a position where we can produce some and export them. And if you look at the United States, they are import dependent on 14 of, I think it's 31 or 32 critical minerals, 100% import dependent. So this is really our time to shine. It's a generational opportunity. And what that means is that um, because this has only come to the fore now in terms of the need for graphite and lithium, we haven't moved companies from a resource stage to reserve classification. And you know, as an as a, an exploration geologist, you know how important it is to advance those projects from early stage exploration through feasi- through pre feasibility and into feasibility study. And so the opportunity is to acknowledge that um, we can accelerate that process, that we are really well valued for a medium to long-term investor that wants to play in the graphite space and get exposure at a good good valuation to a absolute deficit in supply. So we're going to need about eight times, seven to eight times more graphite in the market than there is current supply because of the fact that we haven't moved uh, projects like this from the resource to the reserve stage. So I'd say that uh, that's the opportunity and the barrier that has come to light and the federal government even acknowledged it, which is the lack of funding for the companies that are moving forward. And in Canada, you have access to flow through funding, which helps you with early stage exploration. Then you have institutional money, which really likes to come in at the feasibility stage, or there's capital there that likes to come in with construction financing or royalties, right? Well, between those two uh, bookends, you've got this phase of moving from PEA to PFS into feasibility, and that requires an amount of capital um, that has not been available because there's been a lack of knowledge and interest, and I'll say specifically in graphite. So we've spent the last year 
really getting people up the learning curve on what the tremendous opportunity specifically in graphite is in Quebec and how to invest now to be able to make those returns, but also be involved in what is a, you know, a resetting of uh, critical minerals strategic stockpiles in Canada. So I think we're really well positioned and those barriers are going to be overcome because this is just too important too amazing of an opportunity not to be funded when i when i look at barriers i often think about um first of all there's the resource definition and you said you, you've got access to flow through funding to help with that exploration phase but you, 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 the the at the fundamental of every resource project there has to be a kind of a conversation around scale and grade you know you need to have the asset the asset is going to drive the capital so let's talk about yeah let's talk about the first part of that question which is um, the funding from flow through we did deploy over three million dollars in flow through last year for a thirteen thousand meter drill program and that was infill and extension drilling to move um, our which update upgrade our resource and with the objective of converting inferred into measured and indicated. For the pre-feasibility study, you need a reserve. Now, where that sort of ends is that flow-through doesn't help with the optimization studies. So all of what you're talking about to build out the scale of the project, um, the geotechnical studies, the environmental studies that we need for pre-feasibility are not able to qualify for flow through, whether it's regular flow through or the new critical minerals um, flow through. So, so we need a different kind of investor to come in and support that. And that's the, that's our work that we have been um, following through with. And it's also such a great opportunity because now we're able to get to the point where we are telling our customers, we've done the metallurgy studies, we've got a great um, characterization of this graphite showing low in impurities, showing uh, low in sulfur and ash and iron content, very high in terms of um, concentrate uh, recovery that we can get from the plant. So up to 99.1% in fact, which is very high in terms of that kind of quality of graphite just from your flotation process. So those are the things that we've been advancing. And as we move into pre-feasibility studies, we're about 50% of the way there. We, um, we need to generate more funding for the balance of those studies and uh, really prove up that 15-year my life that we have in the PDA. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, you're, as you're talking, um, you're reminding me of the times when I have looked at graphite um, and things kind of gradually coming uh, coming from the, the back of my mind, such as um, one of the challenges of graphite, I seem to recall, is that it's a very um, specific product that you need to do. You need to almost match your customer to the product or the or your or your, 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 your mine, your um, what comes out of your mind gate, your sell, your final saleable product, needs to um, match the have the technical specifications and the kind of the physical and the chemical specifications that match a client. So, so and the pricing is is done almost on a contract basis rather than on a terminal market basis. Am I am I still correct that those things need to happen? Well, yes, and and, and I love what you're saying because. Where we're at right now, the battery manufacturers were not approaching graphite companies even a year ago in the way that they are now. Yeah. So 
just to give you a sense of how we're having those conversations, it's a lot along the lines of what you just said, which is we're about five years out from production. If we assume we have all the financing in place, um, that the permitting works in, in a manner that is continuous and there are no delays. So give it about five years, which is really matching this very uh, clear road to undersupply that's starting in 2023. So those conversations with the battery manufacturers, when they say, what are you going to produce and what's the grade and how was the tonnage? We can go toe to toe in those conversations and say, we want to design our product around your specs and the, the whole idea of whether they want concentrate product or they want the SPG, so the transformed graphite into spherical grade graphite. Is the, is the type of conversations that we're having now. And so they can work with us from the very earliest stages to see what we can produce by when, and if we have the right partner, it can be built to spec. Um, to acknowledge what you were saying before about the, the specificity of graphite, graphite has many uses, and what you are looking for for the anode market is a high-purity graphite, and it is also not large flakes, so it's the fines. It's a very specific um, type of graphite. And so certain projects will not work very well for the anode market because it's just going to be that much more cost to either make turn it into fines and purify it, or there's a low concentrate. And right now, because there's been no growth in anode, the Chinese have been able to take graphite from the African continent, um, from from Brazil, and from uh, you know the the areas around Asia, Madagascar, Mozambique. Take that product, blend it with synthetic graphite, and put that into the EV battery. This is now a structural change where we are looking collectively to move that into a more local regionalized supply chain. And so what you're looking for with our graphite is, is it amenable for the anode market? And we have a very nice uh, crystalline flake graphite with a high concentrate grade that does not require that kind of blending that you would see because, as I just mentioned, 95% uh, life of mine concentrate is what we have in our PEA. We have just been able to show we can get up to 99.1%, making it very easy to purify it to that 99.9 that's being looked at. Now, there's other characteristics, but I guess what the point I want to make is these early stage metallurgical tests are showing that we can suit the EV market very well. Surely one can go from uh, large flake or jumbo flake down to uh, fines, but it's harder to go from fines up to jumbo flake naturally because you can you can take something which is big and break it down. Um, um, what what the, the, your project La Loutre does it have? And you also mentioned that anode is um, needs a fine product. Yes. Um, so what 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 do you have? Do you have a, a coarse product that needs to be ground, or have you got a coarse product uh, a jumbo project? product that can be sold to many customers and for the anode market you can you can grind a portion we defined that in the pea already and recently updated that information we have a very good flake distribution that we could go into uh these larger flake markets which frankly at this moment in time are paying more than the anode market or the fines market having said that 
we're not about today, right? We're about what's happening in this near-term future that we are going to be supplying into. So you have to have a point of view around where you want to go. And for us, that is the market for fines. Now, in the PEA, we saw just over 50-55% was in that minus 100 mesh, that fines classification. The recent metallurgical tests that we've done with independent labs, uh, ProGraphite in Germany and Covem, and now with SGS for, for more uh, bulk sample testing, has shown we're well over 60% in fines. I believe the number is just over 65% classified uh, to go into the fines market with a 650 kg sample. And that, excuse me, that uh, lends itself very well to the fines market rather than the large flake. And our point of view on the pricing is really, you know, we're going into a scarce resource market here, a supply shortage. So whereas today you might see pricing of of $700 or $800 a ton for fines and 1500 for large flakes, that inversion can take place, especially if you have a carbon neutral, clean powered product coming out of Quebec. Because of the hydro. There's no reason why over time we may not have a premium price, especially for a high purity graphite. Yeah, gotcha. Um, the, the One of the challenges about the graphite projects, of course, is that um, not many analysts and and market people have got a lot of experience in them it's quite a new field uh, particularly in the junior space and the and the and the public market space um because it tend to be almost private or in-house um, um vertically integrated kind of operations and particularly private so analysts and 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 investors know almost immediately how to value a copper project or a gold project but it's harder to to value a graphite project and i, th- I think if you can um if you can kind of set your parameters on price in terms of you can say well we're the, we're, we've got um these are the offtake prices we've got plus or minus maybe a ratchet that moving to the um to the spot market i think that will help wouldn't it it would certainly help and you know i, I come from a, a, a an ethos where you know, you shouldn't shouldn't be stopping yourself by not knowing something as a reason to not to not pursue it, right? We're pursuing this because there's an absolute structural change in how in our energy uh, supply chain, right? So we have to learn it, and I think that what we have done is created sensitivities around our PEA and PVs showing that our NPV can go anywhere from 200 million to over 600 million uh, because of this price conversation and and where that will go. And people need to, I suppose, sort of get comfortable with the fact that this is a period of disruption. And in disruption, you have a lot of um, theories and hypotheses that are going to be out there and you need to develop your own point of view inside of that space of disruption to be able to invest in it. But to not invest and wait, which I suppose is the way some people, you know, maybe looking at it right now, really is going to be counterproductive to our need, our our ability to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by uh, by 2030 to where they need to be. And you know, Canada wants to have every car sold in Canada be electric by 2035. Yeah, the only way, the only way to get there 
is by exploring, developing, and extracting graphite and lithium in North America and doing it in a very agile manner in terms of permitting. It's great um, talking to you. It's really interesting. Um, the, <laughs> the, I mean, you're an ex-investment banker. You you understand financial models. Um, let's in your PEA, you use um, you use a I think a battery price, a, a graphite price of a thousand dollars a ton, and it gives an um, an IRR of twenty five percent. In the the uranium sector, what they do is they say, well the current prices are not high enough to stimulate uh, supply. Therefore, when we're not going to look at the spot price today or uh, two years ago, it was $25 a pound. And, and today it's $50 a pound. They say, right, we're going to put in $80 a pound because that's going to um, bring in the next wave of, of supply. Um, given that you've, what you've just said about the long term demand drivers, well, actually not that long term, you know, the you know, it's, it, 2035 is just around the corner, really. Um, but, let's call it the medium to the, the these very strong uh demand drivers why didn't you say well let's use a fifteen hundred dollar um uh battery price sort of graphite price um and then our my the, the npv on the pea would look better at the time when the pea was produced uh so a couple of things first of all we were not with lamico at that time we came in when the pea had been uh had been already completed. And I, I think that actually a conservative aver weighted average price, which is what was done using benchmark pricing, is helpful because it's it sets, say, a, a framework for where it can go. Uh, so so what, what happened at the time was that $916 price is a weighted average price of the flake distribution and the pricing that benchmark could have visibility on in August of 20. 20, uh, 2021. So what is important about that is at that time also, a lot of the peers were using $1,500 weight, you know, pricing because that's what was happening in the market, in the traditional market. Uh, I think that you can definitely, you know, apply a larger price. And we've done that in terms of our sensitivity analysis. Um, but the 916 really shows you that the fines were, in fact, somewhere between $500 and $700 a ton. They've now increased over 40%, the fines market specifically, within one year. 44% in one year, which is, which is actually legitimate and in line with what you're hearing in the, you know, in the press about graphite demand and prices increasing 30 to 40% a year. So that's real. Those numbers are real. They are legitimate. What then we need to figure out is, are we going to be selling into that entire market? Or are we going to specifically go to the anode market and provide that product only? And those are decisions that uh, we will make, you know, as we pursue the project. But I, again, I go back to the opportunity and the view and where I would like to get to is seeing a premium price for high purity graphite that is responsibly produced, that is a Quebec product and carbon neutral with hydroenergy. And we need to really understand the pricing of those externalities because we've never done that before. You know, you, you, the barrel of oil was a barrel of oil, right? There was a very, very undifferentiated perspectives around where it came from because it was traded on the open market. This is different. 
everybody is now looking at scope three emissions and what that costs. And so the product that actually registers the carbon intensity and where it's coming from should be legitimately priced higher and be valued more. Yeah, provenance and and the kind of embedded um, 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 emissions in in the generation of it. And if you've got hydropower, as you do in Quebec, and yeah, it, it, excellent, good. Um, let's get to the specifics then of your um, your trajectory this year. What, you know, your milestones. Uh, we're pretty much at the end of Q1. We've got three quarters left of the year. Um, how what are you blocking out in terms of activity? Last year was a very active year of building the company. It was our first full year as the Lamico management team. And it has been amazing to see us move forward despite very, you know, very difficult market conditions for juniors. So what we did was advance two long lead items while also being extremely mindful on uh, community engagement and larger stakeholder engagement, working with different groups in Quebec. So there's that piece. But operationally, we completed that 13,000 meter drill program and we're now waiting and 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 actively working through a independent updated NI43101 technical report. For and the resource. The, for La Loutre, the resource, yes, which has a 15 year mine life, about 100,000 tons per year. And uh, that is now being updated with, we saw some really great assay results and we've been press releasing those as we go to show people that, you know, in some cases we're seeing over 100 meters of, of mineralization, consistent mineralization at 7%, over 10% in grade. And we're also showing that there was graphite found in marble. So that means... Uh, we had done a shoulder sample, which is to look at non-visible to the eye graphite op, you know, possibilities, and we found over 2% in the marble. So these things are all feeding into that uh, workflow, which is the updated resource, which is going to come out in four to six weeks. Uh, it's being prepared currently. Uh, the metallurgical tests that we started last year, which are specifically to create those technical spec sheets for battery manufacturers, for the automakers, showed a high purity graphite, as I mentioned. Uh, it mimicked the flotation cycle, showing that with our recoveries of 94%, we can get you know 986 to 99.1%. These are lock cycle tests in just three rounds of flotation so three flotation cycles and you've done all that yeah are, are, have you launched we've on done another, all that have you done another phase of metal or does that come after your pfs that that is something that our investors can look forward to with more battery trials um we're also actively looking at grants which are exceptional for investors because that's all non-dilutive financing we are working through the environmental baseline, which will allow us to uh, move forward to the next step. And we need to find um, additional funding to complete the other 50% of the pre-feasibility study. And that's the work ahead of us for 2023. I think it's a really remarkable year because this is the year that graphite is really showing itself in shortage. And so the knowledge base of uh, individuals who are approaching us for an investment is that much more attuned to the market dynamics than it was last year. Somewhere in your presentation, you talk about uh, a pilot plant. Is that that's for next year? That's twenty twenty four, isn't it? 
Yes, that would need to be funded. And I would say that the way that we want to look at doing business in that region, in southern Quebec, is to change the the, the, the narrative and the nomenclature around a pilot plan and say, this is an area that really could use a center of excellence. We want to be a open doors type graphite development because people need to see what climate change and energy transition looks like. And what it looks like is taking graphite out of the ground, using it for all kinds of purposes, everything from solar panels to um, energy storage and EVs need graphite as a heat conductor. And so this pilot plan concept we're going to be developing as something that we want people to be able to see and something that is responsibly put together and located and where site planning has been looked at from a community perspective. So that would be after the pre-feasibility study, Merlin, and something that uh, we're still you know, developing right now with as a strategy. Yes, and of course, the uh, pre-feasibility study um, typically looks at lots of trade-off studies. It gives you lots of optionality. You spend, you'll presumably be spending a lot of this year looking at what uh, a best development case looks like. Um, uh, the, the old adage is that a, a PEA is what it might be, um, a PFS is what it should be, and a feasibility study is what it will be in terms of um, you know, this year you'll be looking for your optimal development plan to come out of the uh, of all the studies. I mean, have you got a figure for um, budgetary figure of kind of what you think you'll need for 2023, the remainder of, and also to give you a, a bit of a buffer for next year? In our in our presentation, we have uh, we have disclosed that number, and it would be you know five and a half to seven million dollars specifically for Ladoute. And we also have a lithium project that's early stage that we want to explore. Also, just before PDAC, we made an acquisition of mineral rights for Carmen from the Quebec group uh, Silkwem, which allows us to expand that footprint to the north and allows that much more flexibility in how we look at the site, how we look at the deposits, what can come first, what comes later. So that needs some funding as well to take a historical resource and move it to an updated current uh, NI43101 compliant resource. So that hasn't closed yet, but that is another thing that we're looking to do in 2023, in addition to funding that PFS. You wouldn't uh, turn down $10 million if it got offered to you? We would look at uh, $10 million from the right partner, I think. This year, you know, when I was at PDAC, I talked a lot about uh, the two C's of what I see is is so important, what I see, <laughs> capital and collaborations. So collaborations, meaning there's all kinds of different things that are happening in in this space that never existed in precious metals. There's grants, there's the opportunity to work with automakers, and and we need to explore all of that. And uh, yes, if that $10 million was available with the right cornerstone investor and partner, or if it became available through DOD financing or federal financing, I think it would be uh, very compelling. And for shareholders to have that and de-risk the project from a capital point of view. And of course, it can be um, sliced and diced in different ways. I mean, you can get a portion like that and a portion through the traditional um, mechanisms. Yes. Contingent on 
how the how the 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 the, the cards fall. Good. Um, Thank you very much. What did we miss? What should we talk about? Um, lithium. You've got the, the early stage exploration um, play. The lithium market's a bit uh, feels a bit toppy at the moment. You know, it's just come down from eighty six thousand to forty one thousand. Um, but the, the longer term feels fine. Um, wh- what's your feeling on the lithium, and, and what will you be doing on your project this year? Lithium is you know, lithium is as important, and graphite is as important as lithium. So if you just go back to basics about the, the battery construction, the cathode is about lithium. Well, the whole anode is 95% graphite. So investors in Lamico have exposure to both anode and cathode. The lithium, while it is earlier stage and we, we have soil and surface sampling happening right now, it's such a great blue sky upside to to the portfolio because it's over 100 square kilometers of lithium potential. Uh, that would be pegmatites, um, uh, tantalum, cesium showing right attached to the Namaska lithium belt. And our partner, Critical Elements, has the prospect there, the Rose Tantalum project they're developing. Lamar is just to the south of us. And we're looking at a trend line that just continues from Lamar. So for us, it's really exciting to be able to have that that early window and a strategic position on that Namaska lithium belt. And we will continue to do the work. We're earning our way in to up to 70% of that prospect with the first trigger being 49%. We are looking to do that in 2023. And I think for our investors, it's again, it's a, a blue sky potential to have a position in lithium that over the long term is just so necessary as necessary as graphite is good well belinda thank you very much i've learned a huge amount about your company um you've you've um repositioned my thinking on uh the 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 role of graphite and the kind of the, the demand drivers for lithium and graphite um because it's so easy to uh forget when when there are other things happening such as the demand for copper and the demand for tin you know it's a it's a busy it's a, it's a busy space the whole resources sector is um charged with demand for these metals and i'm thinking about your earlier comments about the precious metals i i think there is actually um uh the, there is a fundamental need for some kind of monetary stability but that is a whole other conversation um let's wrap up on wishing you good luck with lumico metals um, and I look forward to seeing the new 43101. And perhaps um, when that comes out, we could um, reconvene and um, we could go through the kind of the, the technical aspects of that resource. That'd be um, very helpful. Absolutely. I, I encourage people to follow Lamico on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I myself, I'm very active on social media handles, love to share information. You can ask us anything. We have a hashtag, ask us anything. And that is to get people to really buy into this incredible opportunity we have in North America to generate our own sources of renewable energy. So stay in touch and uh, let us know what you're thinking and any questions you have on our projects.